and we are back sluts what the fuck is up how was your weekend did you get some i sure did and i also had the pleasure of recording with my girl Jacqueline Nora aka the pleasure initiatrix and in this episode we talk about pussy (laughs) Mm, that yummy pussy we talk about orgasms and de-armoring and we talk about our moon cycles aka our periods and we really just got deep in the vaginal walls of pussy talk so pull up maybe grab a pen and a paper if you want to take notes especially when we talk about our moon cycles i think there's some really juicy conscious slut info in there and yeah i think you sluts are gonna like it so without further ado episode four Conscious Slut Podcast. (laughs) Hello, my slutty babes. Welcome back to episode four of Conscious Slut Podcast. Today I have a slutty guest. Jacqueline Nora, a self-love and sex coach, and we are going to just dive into all of our favorite topics. Yes. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here. Mm, Thank you. I am really excited to be on the Conscious Slut podcast. I never knew I was a conscious slut until you shared with me the term, and I was like, (laughs) that's exactly what I am. (laughs) Fuck yes. Um, Do you want to just kind of tell the sluts about you, what you're getting into, your work, all the things. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so I, as she said, I am a, a sex and self-love coach and my journey with it began about five years ago. Um, I was sexually assaulted for my second time around and I was finally entering into a new relationship and I just knew that there was so much shit that was still inside of me from all of like the pain that I had experienced and that it was going to um, once again really harm the relationship that I was in. And so I decided from at that point that I wanted to start healing and um, began first by finding myself um, a coach who could help me through a lot of my insecurities. I had a lot of like eating disorder, body issues uh, tied into my sexuality and into my shame. Um, And so working with that piece first and then ending up finding um, this school called the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality, um, which helps you to become a sex, love, and relationship coach. And my main priority within beginning it was actually that you spent an entire year uh, working on your sexuality. And so I had no desire to actually become a coach. It was mostly just a thing of like, 
wow, I will get the first four months of um, all of these incredible sexual practices that I have to do almost every single day. Um, and then I'm going to get two months of intensive coaching um, for my sexuality, basically going through the, the kind of coaching that I would eventually bring people through. And then it was a business, um, a, a business portion of it. And then diving into some of my majors, which I ended up choosing as female sexuality and tantric intimacy. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was me deciding like, I'm ready to spend an entire year to heal. Mm -hmm. And wow, like I am night and day, a different person from that experience. And when I walked out realizing like, whoa, I went from completely insecure to the point where like I would starve myself and then cry for like a week if I knew I was going to go out on a Saturday night to now like posting videos of myself sensually in lingerie, like showing off my body and loving myself so fully um, to, you know, from being a woman who was like, who never orgasmed to now being multi-orgasmic and like ha- being able to have nipple orgasms and like joygasms and all of the different <laughs> kinds of orgasms that I have. I was like, okay, like this works. I, I need to tell people about it. I need to help people experience what I can experience. Oh my God. It's so amazing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Speaking of orgasms, do you remember your first orgasm? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. So, and like, yeah, I want to know about the orgasms before the work. Yeah. Okay. And then after. So what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So like my, like my, I have a feeling that I potentially had like orgasms, but uh, like a couple of them, like kind of before my like first orgasm that I'm like, oh, that was for sure an orgasm. But it was always when I was in like really kinky, like really dangerous positions. Like it was like edgy, edgy. Yeah. Like, like my, my lover at the time we would play and explore with like knives. And so like literally like it was like him, like having like a knife pressed up against my throat and like, (laughs) and fucking me and like, and me being like, I think I had an orgasm. Like my whole body got flooded with this like intense energy. And like, it was just like, and I almost like went into a trance state because of like the fear, pain, scare, like just whole experience. And it was really like dirty. And also it was like a night where, um, like I had gotten into like a really hard fight with somebody else. And so like, I was already feeling like broken and it was like the only time I could ever really get close to what I thought was an orgasm was the nights that I was the most broken. Mm. Um, it was, there was something about being really close to my pain allowed me to get into a space of almost feeling like the most intense pleasure that I had ever felt at that time. Mm. But it was so intimately like woven together where I also had to be experiencing pain inside of that sexual experience for me to be able to like have like that deep state of pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, but it never like directly came from my pussy and like other times, another time that I had it, it was like, we were doing it doggy style and he was pulling my hair back harder than like I've ever had somebody pull my hair back. And he like spanked my butt so hard to the point where it was like red and raw and like, and, and just bruising. And, and all of a sudden I felt this like wave of intensity and pleasure throughout my body in this way of complete surrender Mm -hmm. where I didn't know it was like me anymore. But it, once again, it wasn't coming from my pussy. It was like, it was kind of more of like a, full body orgasm and I it but it wasn't there was no clear aspect of 
this is an orgasm right. coming. Yeah. yeah. This like I didn't come. Yeah. I had an orgasm. Right. And like there's to me, there's a difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Like coming is like is from my clit, it's from my um my vaginal canal. It's yeah. from like even like cervical orgasms don't feel like coming to me the, the mm-hmm. same way. Or like a G spot is also coming. But yeah. that like once you get into the cervical area, I feel like that becomes more of like a wave and like a full body type orgasm that waves through you in more of a slow way versus like that really intense climax. Yeah. And so when I say I didn't have an orgasm until about five years ago, what I mean is I didn't have that intense climactic orgasm. Um, and my first intense climactic orgasm was with the partner that I'm currently with. And I, he was going down on me and I don't know what he did specific that made it feel that that intense like, pleasure oh, this is an orgasm. Yeah, right now. yeah. But I, what I think it is is that it was the first time I felt so safe with a partner. Yes. Um, with all of my other partners, there was always kind of another woman in their field mm-hmm. and in their and in their desire and there and so within that t- tied with my insecurities, I wasn't able to just relax into like man, he loves being with me and he mm-hmm. love and he's not thinking about anybody else. He is fully here. His energy is so 100% with me. And my partner that I'm, I'm now currently with that gave me this first climactic orgasm created that safe container for me to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then like, oh my God, the like explosive pleasure that I <laughs> felt from that. And, and it's what I work with my clients on so much now. Is like, how do they set that container for themselves um, and within their relationship so that there's a place of deep safety because you can't surrender unless you feel safe. And within that comes, you almost can't orgasm Mm. unless you feel safe. And that's not an end all be all because once again, like I was kind of having orgasms in these like sort of unsafe, but like it had to be tied to like pain and all this other stuff. So like just like a true straight, like clear path orgasm comes from a safety, uh, from a safe place Mm. and from your body being allowed to relax into that. And even if it's not that it's safe with that person, if you can create the safety inside of yourself and inside of your body, then you can still have it. Even if it's like, with a completely random stranger that you're like in their house and it's kind of dirty and they have like knives hanging out <laughs> and you're like, you're like, I don't really know if I actually like feel physically safe. Like there might be some weird shit happening, but like if you feel safe inside of yourself, you yeah. can still have that release. Mm, that's so interesting. Um, on the last episode, I talked about how I just started experiencing orgasms from oral mm. for the first time. Yeah. And like, even with my partner of my ex of five years, we never, I never came that way. And I like, even he brought it up. Like, is there a block? Like, were you assaulted? Like, was there something, you know, there that's like blocking you? And I, I honestly don't know, like maybe in a different lifetime or something, but I also wonder if that specific partner of mine, we had trust issues. Yeah. And I, I don't think I felt completely safe with him all the time. Like, I I know I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Even in bed. I mean, fuck, we had great sex. But, like, the the going down part was, like, why is this not working? And why is this not working with other people? Um, So, like, on the last episode, I talked about a random hookup at a festival. That was Mm -hmm. my first 
oral orgasm, like saw a guy going down on me and I just don't really know why. And I didn't even know him. And yeah. he was like a stranger. And maybe that made it easier because I just like re- let go and was like, fuck it. Yeah. And then my second oral orgasm was with a Tinder date. Um, like pre-COVID, like no COVID actually, like maybe only a couple months ago. And I, I don't know. I think I just like didn't care. And maybe I wasn't that attracted. I was just like, kind of like, whatever he's, you know, I just want to get some and I'm going to yeah. just like spread my legs and like come all over his face. Like, yeah, that is just so new to me. Totally. Well, and so what the, what I'm hearing inside of both of these, cause I did listen to that podcast too, okay. um, is that for both of them, you had this air of almost like, I don't care Care. what you think of me. Exactly. And therefore you created safety inside your body. There was no insecurity of like, I want you to really like me or, or do, and, 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 or do I like trust you to like be with just me? There was this feeling of like, I don't really care. And so then it becomes like you basically closed off that container Mm -hmm. of like, I'm creating my own safety and surrender and within that allowed you to fully just like come yeah um the other part is too that i i heard within the aspect of of the the festival man yeah um that made you <laughs> orgasm was that he carried a certain amount of masculinity Definitely. that helped you drop into your more feminine space yeah and feminine is receptivity feminine is surrender mm. feminine is being able to almost like just be taken yeah and that's something that like i, I really heard inside of like the way you described your interaction actions with him submitting exactly submitting and so and within that becomes a safety Mm -hmm. he told you what to do and that made you feel safe because you don't have to ask yourself what do I do yeah you know that insecurity of like am I being good enough or what Mm -hmm. do I do it was gone because he was telling you what to do and all you had to do was oblige yeah and so therefore your body felt really safe and receptive and feminine around his masculine energy interesting yeah And so I want to talk about the third oral (laughs) orgasm that I've ever had is with my new partner. And it, like, surprised me how good it was. And, like, I just – again, these are new orgasms for me. So I'm just like, oh, like, here we go. And also I'm like, is it because I'm 30? Am I older? Is it, like, the job I'm doing? Like, I'm just – you know, I'm I'm growing and I'm more comfortable too. I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. But with my partner, like – I know I'm healing a lot of heartbreak from my my past five-year relationship and things like that. And so when me and my new partner get intimate and when he goes down on me and even when he uses his fingers, which is like insane, like I haven't had like a finger bang orgasm in so long, yeah. like since like, uh, you know, my girlfriend in high school, like yeah. I just, I'm like, how this, this happens? Absolutely. People come by fingers still? <laughs> like this is a thing? Maybe I just have had really bad finger people like, <laughs> fingering me. I mean, I kind of feel like fingering just goes out the window after high school. You Dude. know what I mean? Like, or like after like that initial, cause like you're so excited. You're like, Ooh, like this is happening in high school. And then now you're like, eh. I don't know with my partner right now like he is magic fingers Mm. and I just let him go for it but so what happens is like okay also like the shame and like getting embarrassed like I used to like cover my face like I don't want people to see my O face and Mm. I know that's a big thing with women it's like we get embarrassed and that kind of thing and I even kind of sometimes do that still now 
but the way that like this orgasm comes about is like I'm like oh fuck yeah that's it that's it oh oh fuck like yes and then I like usually moan or it's like some kind of like okay yeah she just came but then like it's like so much pleasure that and like healing like maybe even the safety part of it like I feel Mm. safe and whatever and then I just start crying I just Mm. start bawling and I've never really experienced that before like with one guy I met on a dating app last summer he had a huge fucking dick (sighs) and like it would hit me in a spot where it would almost hurt but it would feel good and I actually he was the first like sex I've ever cried after Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't know I also don't know if that has to deal with I had a copper IUD Mm. and I had a lot of pain when I had that and when it was taken out I don't know if it's like that but so like my first crying experience was like a really big dick and then now my second crying coming experience like crying and coming experience is with fingers with like a person that I know loves me and like I I love him too and it's like this new kind of sex and love and I just I'm curious what you think about like me crying and like releasing because like if it was any other guy in bed with me like they would be like fucking gone like I don't know like it's just so weird I mean I even cried like one of our first hookups I started crying I'm like oh my god I'm crying like I don't even know this guy and I'm like crying like why am I crying I just like had a great orgasm like this is so like uncontrollably yeah and he just like held me yeah oh yeah good 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 I'm so glad that he's able to um respect your experience because what's happening is that you're healing yeah and if he isn't able to hold the experience of healing then the healing is going to stop and so the fact that actually you keep crying with it means that like you are feeling more and more safe Mm -hmm. so I'd like to address um both of them separately the first I want to talk about is with the big dick yeah probably (laughs) my guess is what happened is that so basically the vaginal canal holds um energy and 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 not even just energy but holds um Man, I don't know what to call it. But basically, the vaginal canal can get knots the way your back end gets knots. So, like, your vaginal canal, like, in the same way that, like, when we're stressed, when we Mm -hmm. have an emotional experience, we feel it physically inside of our neck, inside of our back. It starts to tense up. We get knots. You know how, like, and so we know that there's the emotional to physical connection. But we don't think about that inside of our pussies. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and but the truth is, is that they can have that same experience and so what it sounds like was happening and and you know how the same and and the reason why I was able to click into it is because you said it almost felt painful and pleasurable yeah. in the same way that when somebody's massaging into yeah. a knot it's like ooh, that feels great and awful hurts. all at the same yeah. time like please keep digging into it but at the same time like ooh, wow oh. I have to breathe into this yeah. because it's actually painful mm-hmm. and so that it sounds like his dick was literally doing that which yeah. is actually something Thing that I teach women how to do, but with um, a pussy Toy. wand. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Um, and it's called de-armoring. And so what it does is you massage into specific areas inside of the inside of the vaginal canal, all the way up and around and into like the cervix area, um, to be able to massage out those knots. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes these knots, these places, um, also have a connection to the emotional experience that happened. With 
when um, when it was originally stored. Yeah. And so, you know, like we, we move our backs a lot more. So even if you're not getting a massage, you are massaging out the knots inside of your back just simply by Naturally. moving and like, and doing different things and like, you know, reaching up or, or something like that. So those pieces are starting to naturally um, get released mm. inside of our v vaginal canal. We yeah. don't have that same experience yeah. other than when we're either using a toy or we're being penetrated. Mm. And so for both of these experiences, it sounds like you're basically having your partner de-armor your vaginal canal and therefore you are now emotionally expressing and processing whatever was stored at that time. Wow. And you're, I, from what I've heard of you in general and like what I know of you, like yeah. you release through crying. Yeah. Like cr tears are your main form of release. For yeah. some people, I'm a water sign. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for some people, it's it's more like screaming or, you know, like, so so for some women, when they're doing the de-armoring, it might be that they actually feel really angry and they wow. want to, like, punch things or they want to get, like, rah, and, yeah. like, kind of scream it out or, like, or something like that. For me, and it sounds like for you, we release more through tears. And yeah. so tears are the way that you're going to allow energy to release out of your body. Um, emotion is energy in motion. And yeah. so when you, when that stored emotion is there, you need a way of being able to physically release it. And so if you wanted to like shift some of the crying, which I don't think you need to at all, but no. you could also like be sounding more mm -hmm. during the orgasm. And that may make it so that more of the energy gets released just literally through the sound versus having to be, um, only through your, only through like the tears yeah. um but also like I I'm just a big proponent of like cry all you want like yeah. you know like it's so amazing um the other part about it is too and this is more specifically for this loving container that you've set with inside of your partnership oftentimes when we experience more pleasure or more safety, or more of anything that we haven't had before, yeah. we tend to um, then have to express through our bodies whatever the blockage was that had prevented us from ever reaching that before. Mm -hmm. So when you're crying, you're basically expressing out the energy. It's almost like massaging out a knot again. You yeah. are you are literally crying over like all of the ways in which you've been held back from experiencing this amount of safety and pleasure and love inside yeah. of a container in this way. Yeah. And so that that's kind of what's going on with it. And I don't think that the crying will last for like a super long time. I think that you will forever have times where you will cry mm -hmm. after orgasms, but that it will lessen at a certain point. But right now it's happening more frequently mm -hmm. because there's so much stored up and there's so much trust that you're like, you're basically working through of being able to be like, wow, I never was able to like fully surrender and trust somebody in this way mm -hmm. until this time. Yeah. And therefore like now I'm, and now I'm almost like crying over like that experience, even though you're not physically thinking about it or right. mentally, like all of those thoughts aren't going through your head. Your body is mm -hmm. having that experience. Crazy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really cool. It's so incredible what the body knows and what the body stores and how the body knows how to process. Mm -hmm. Even when our mind can't conceptualize, conceptualize what's happening. So like when there is the energy down there, the blocks, 
you know, the knot, the AKA mm-hmm. knots in the pussy, like, is there a way to decipher like where that's coming from? Like, was it from a sex thing? Was it from just like a lover? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just so curious. Like, how do I even know like what the trauma is that I'm releasing down there? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's actually like, it's in a way more up to the body to decide if it's going to let you know. Okay. Um, there are sometimes some women that I work with when we do the de-armoring sessions that like they'll have flashbacks Yeah. or the kind of sadness that you're experiencing. If you really tune into the sensations, you may be able to see and feel like when, where did I feel this inside of my life? Mm. Like, where did I feel this kind of pain that I'm sort of like crying out right now? Yeah. And, and so there are some times that you'll get a clear understanding of mm-hmm. where it's coming from. Yeah. But oftentimes, like, you yeah, just you don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Like, for me, I never know. And, yeah. and because the thing is, is that like, it also could simply be like, I say, I, I like, I, I always tell people that even if you've had like a beautiful life and sex life, um, you for sure have some sort of stored trauma inside of your pussy. Yeah. Like I just like a hundred percent, I would say that like, like blanket statement, because even if you have let in somebody it penetrate you before your pussy was fully ready, mm-hmm. even just one time, yeah. there could be so much stored trauma from that. Mm-hmm. and stored energy, stored not, stored experiences from it. Now, if you're with a partner for many, many years, most women, even if you're turned on in your like mind and yeah. you're like, yeah, I totally want to have sex, but your pussy's not fully wet. Yeah. Like, boom, there you go. Stored trauma. Like it, yeah. it, it's so easy for the pussy to store some energy inside of her. It's like, it just, she's, she's delicate. She's sensitive. Yeah. She is so sensitive and, and, and be for good reason, because there's also so much pleasure that she can experience. Mm -hmm. If she wasn't sensitive, she wouldn't be able to experience that much pleasure. The amount of pain that you can experience is directly related to the amount of pleasure that you can experience. Mm -hmm. And so, and so she's built in this beautiful way to be able to cultivate that. But, um, when it comes to the actual knowledge of like where this is coming from, like, unless you are getting visuals or flashbacks or something like that, like, it's really hard to yeah. tell. I think um, it's definitely like a mixture of pleasure and pain when I'm crying. Yeah. It's like heartbreak, but mm-hmm. then it's like, oh my God, there's so much pleasure and love like in this new, you know, partnership. Um, I definitely have had like flashbacks of my ex and being sad, but then like, I think the tears are just like almost tears of joy. And it's like, wow, like I'm moving from that pain into this pleasure and love with this new person and it's also like over fucking whelming it's just like oh my god like I was so fucking hurt and now like I'm it's scary like opening up to somebody new and yeah and things like that so I, it's just interesting also it sounds like the way that I'm releasing and having these orgasms like it's it's only done through penetration it's like their fingers or that big dick that I was talking mm-hmm. about so that's like really interesting to me because when I cry, it is because it's his fingers. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense to me because yeah. it's a lot more um, specific focused, like actual touching into specific areas, yeah. which probably have that stored trauma. Mm -hmm. Like when I, so my partner uh, owns a, a glass shop in Santa Barbara called High Tide and we make um, glass wands there together. I, I make the marble part. He makes the actual wand. So and cool. in it, we have a curve to all of our wands. And the reason why is because we want to be able to press into um, specific areas. And normally when people are fingering you, they're doing a bit of a come hither yeah. motion. Okay. And so if you think about it, that's that same sort yeah. of thing of like, now you're pressing in, you're massaging into the, the vaginal canal and like in different areas, usually more around the G spot if you're like trying to make somebody come, but he's probably playing a little bit of a symphony in there. <laughs> and like he doing a lot a of musician. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, so, you know, and so it's really beautiful. And even when you explained, like, it sounds like to me that you're expanding your capacity for pleasure right now. Yeah. And when you think of expanding your capacity for pleasure, what you realize is that means that you, you're at your edge. And when we're at our edge anywhere in life, it's always a little bit scary mm -hmm. and it's always a little bit nerve wracking. Like it's like we have to basically have our nervous system feel okay enough to be able to expand past that next space. Like, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it in even your business mm -hmm. when like you're, you're like reaching that next level of like, Oh, I, I mean, I don't know even, I can't, fathom what an example would be, but maybe like your first festival that you ever yeah, been yeah. in, you know, like that, that first time that you're like, Oh wow, I went from being like online to now I'm going to be like on a festival and like, and like, will people come by and like, I'm investing, you know, money to have this booth here. And like, will I make it back? And like, mm -hmm. you know, that fear edge where it's really exciting and it's also scary at the same time. And there's like an overwhelm aspect to it, but also so much pleasure and joy, even as you're experiencing it. But then you're like, whoa, like at the end, like that was big, like that you yeah. can feel how you expanded and you pushed your edge bigger. Um, and oftentimes that comes with a release because we were able to break through whatever blockages had hold, held us back from not going there beforehand. Mm. I think I'm definitely like expanding my pleasure because I used to not really, I mean, I like foreplay, but I'm not really like, I would just be like, nah, come up for air. Like, don't, you don't have to eat me out like just let's fuck like I just want to put it in like that's just like how I just always have been like I like to come on a dick and that's that but like now it's it's like I'm learning different ways of coming mm -hmm. like and yeah it's really interesting and mm -hmm. beautiful and clearly it's like very very healing and the crying aspect and like what you're saying the de-armoring and it's just it's really interesting. I definitely, I love the like um, dearmoring wands that you've been creating. I definitely yeah. want to check those out. I'm like really interested. Also just having a glass toy. Like, I mean, all my toys, they're like silicone or dick or vibrators and mm -hmm. I don't have anything glass. And I think like the cooling effect mm -hmm. and like having, I was thinking about that during my yeast infection. Ooh, <laughs> to have something nice and cool inside. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's a great idea. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Mmm, glass wand in my pussy. Yes, please. Hold that slutty thought. We are going to be right back after we hear a word from your favorite sponsor. <laughs> the One of my favorite things that I love about the glass and why 
I have really started to take to, of course, my partner being a glass blower helps, but um, the other part is that glass is, it can not only be like heated and cooled, but it's also not very porous. Like it's mm. like one of the least porous um, things that materials. Uh, yeah, materials that um, especially that sex toys are made out of. And um, I've been really looking into the industry of like the crystal or like yoni wands and eggs and stuff. And I found out that um, what's it called? Rose quartz is actually super porous. And so the problem with being porous is that more bacteria can potentially grow on these surfaces um, and even get into like the crystal. Like I've seen pictures of broken um, cr or broken oh, um, crystal wands. wands that have like mold on Shut the up. inside. Yeah, no, it's so dirty. It's so insane to me. I had no idea that that was like a thing until, um, you know, I'm part of like a sex Facebook group that is all of the sex coaches that I went through my program with from all the different years. And so we talk about all of this stuff and uh, we've had a bunch of women now show like, Oh, like my crystal wand fell off the, the table and it cracked open. And now I get to see what's inside. inside. Oh, mm. I never even knew like crystals could do like, I know crystals are porous. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Damn, dude, I don't even know. I know. Um, it's crazy. But I, I just started learning about non-porous toys um, like, I don't even know why I never thought about it. It like makes sense, like porous mold bacteria. <laughs> um, so I have a dildo that I got from like Adam and Eve or whatever. It's just like a cheap, like 40, $30 dick. And I noticed like some weird black stuff on it one day. And like, I just keep it in my drawer by my bed. And like, sometimes I'll wash it and leave it in the bathroom to like air dry. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this like weird black stuff. And I was like, yo, that does not look right. And I ended up calling the sex shop here in town to talk about porous toys and non-porous toys because they're new to me. And I told her like my issue and she was like, yeah, um, that sounds like a porous toy. I'm assuming it's rubber or something. And the new toy, the new dick that I just got is like fully silicone. It has like a lifetime warranty and like it will <laughs> never yeah. get moldy. And the quality is like the most expensive, just like realistic dildo I've ever bought. But the quality is so you can feel it like yeah. in your pussy, in your mouth, in wherever. Like it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. And then I was like, am I, you know, cause there are certain lubes that you can only use with toys, which I'm still learning. Um, like I use coconut oil mm -hmm. and I don't know if that was good to use on that rubber toy yeah. that I was using. Yeah. It's so crazy to see the black splotches on the, yeah. the rubber toy. It's, it's so scary it's to me. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. And so I think I never knew this. Yeah. And like, I feel like a bunch of women don't know this. Absolutely. And so I don't know, we need to like make it more aware and you know, What's it sucks. Like sometimes you got to spend a hundred dollars like on a nice toy or a wand or whatever. But like in the end it's, it's, you know, it's health awareness and Absolutely. it's like investing in your sexual health. And, um, I think it's really important, especially for people who get, you know, yeast infection. I'm, I'm like prone. I always, I've always had yeast infections when I was younger. I'm also a Scorpio. And so my, my organ 
Like, each sign has their own organ. Oh. Taurus is the throat chakra. Ah. Jacqueline's a Taurus. Of course. That makes sense. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, so that's your actually your genitals like, mm. that were ruled by the genitals. So I've actually had, like, yeast infections, UTIs. Like, my pussy has always been, like, a thing where I really need to take care of it. Yeah. So finding non-porous toys I think is really important, and I want to bring awareness to that because I didn't even know a fucking dildo could get moldy. I know. I mean, I know I live by the beach, and this is, like, a beachy cottage, old, very old. I live in a 100-year-old house. Yeah. But come on. It's in my fucking drawer. Like Exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's so scary. And, and like, it's really the, – the shitty part is, too, is, you know, you're like, oh, spend, like, $100 so that you can get a really good toy. But the crazy part is, is that even the crystals, like, those are, right. like, $120. Yeah, and people crystals. don't know. And so um, that's why jade specifically, like, the mm, jade egg, yeah. tends is way less porous than, like, a, let's the say, rose. like, a rose quartz. Um, and, and the other part is, too, is, like, finding companies that you really trust. Yeah. So, like, I work right now um, – with a company called Sun Tribe Wellness and I'm, I'm an affiliate with them. And so, and they sent me a rose quartz wand and like I did so much research about their company before I even felt comfortable putting it inside of me because I'm like, even if there's nothing that I can see on the outside, like what if there is like some of that bacteria on the inside and if it's porous, then that means it's not only going in, but it can come out too. So So if it's not like a solid crystal of like that, like, you know, is going to be clean, then you could be accidentally like having like things like leach into you and like, exactly I'm so, so not sketchy. into it so that's why um the glass wands are great you can they're completely <laughs> clear you can see inside of them yeah. you can see anything that's on top of it even like just my own little bit of like cum yeah. from my or, like pussy juice that mm-hmm. sits on side on top of it like I just look down at my crystal and I'm like oh or, or at my wand and I'm like oh that's dirty like I need yeah. to go wash that before I use it and within that means that you can use any of the different types of lube that you want. So coconut oil or like an actual lube. lube. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever floats your boat, um, you're more than welcome to use because it it washes off entirely. There's no other residue that sticks with it. So um, for me, glass is the way that I'm going. And I actually just had a woman reach out to me asking if we make glass yoni eggs. Cool. Um, That's a good idea. I know. I've never even thought about it. So my partner like and I. Eagling and stuff exactly, even. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like the yoni egg also um, does the de-armoring process mm. inside of your body, but a little bit less um, like a little bit more naturally, less like specific point focused, because mm-hmm. obviously when you use the the wand, you're pressing into specific points. When it's inside of your yoni, um, it kind of is just like a sensitate a sensitization that happens because it's like sitting up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're doing kegels, then you're pressing it into like whatever muscle it kind of lands around, rather than being specific. But um, still, it's something that I'm I'm really interested. So my partner and I are gonna try and cool. make them over the next week, and we'll see. Fuck yeah, yeah. 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 So, listeners who don't know, a yoni egg, or I don't even know the other another term for it. I think that's the main but, term. Yeah, the jade egg is another okay, way that jade I've heard egg, of it. It's essentially a crystal that is formed into an egg shape, and it has two little holes drilled in the top where you can put a string if you want to pull it out. But you essentially you put it in your pussy, and I actually I have a crystal 
of rose quartz yoni egg. Um, I haven't used it in a while, but when I do, like I feel very energized mm -hmm. and horny mm -hmm. and like sometimes I'll put it in and then I'll like, use my vibrator <clears throat> and then I'll kind of go about my day and like create all day with it just like inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a cool thing. It's yeah. I love doing breath work or like something that's sensual and, and like very specific with it inside of me because of that same reason to mm -hmm. like, it just, it's basically like you can leave it in all day if you want to. Some people yeah. put it in for just like a 10 to 15 minute session. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do Kegels with it, which helps to strengthen the pelvic floor, which yeah. helps to also create, um, more sensitization inside mm. of your pussy. Okay. So oftentimes when we're like just doing doing penetration, we um, will start to desensitize the inside of the vaginal canal um, because it's just like this in and out kind of experience. And if it's not super pleasurable to the pussy at that moment, or like, um, how do I say it better? If there's certain areas that are just kind of like being like having the sense or having the sensation, but without having like a lot of pleasure, mm -hmm. then the nerve endings start to die off. Whoa. because it basically is like, I don't want it. it it's close to feeling pain. And so mm -hmm. it doesn't want to. So using, um, a Yoni egg helps to, um, resensitize all of those areas and all of the muscles inside of your pussy. And when the muscles are stronger, you actually get to feel more pleasure because they're almost like, kind of like beefed up yeah. in a way so that like, there's more to touch. Feel. Yeah. There's more to feel there's, yeah. and, and it also helps to rebuild those nerve endings. Mm -hmm. And then some people Crazy. too, which I've done a couple times before and it's really fun and playful, but you can like hang little weights yeah, from the string. I've seen yeah. that shit. I've seen like a woman, you guys like holding a fucking surfboard. Oh my with God. With her jade egg, like Whoa. between her fucking legs. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Okay. That's some pussy strength I have never <laughs> heard. I've like seen a book and like a bowl and like different things like that. Yeah. Surfboard? surfboard. No. I saw some bitch with a surfboard between her legs. Like, How did her? That is insane. Yeah. yeah it was with a jade egg, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's oh that's God. pretty cool. There's there's a lot that you can do. The the thing about the pussy is that it is endlessly strong. And like and and even like if you like in, whenever I go to Mexico and I do my breath work and I, we have, um, in the evenings rituals. And one of them is like a Yoni praising ritual mm -hmm. where, um, it, you're in a group of like four to five women and, um, we each sit at the altar at a different time and we spread our legs open so that it's bare pussy and the other four women get to sit around it. Wow. And we get to look at a pussy and, give thanks to the pussy Aww. and like literally honor it with our words. We can bring flowers. We can, um, you know, do whatever we want to do to be able to honor it. And one of the things that came to me when I was, when I was doing that, and it's not just specifically to that woman's pussy, but to pussy in general. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that I realized was like, how just resilient the pussy actually mm. is in the sense that like pussy in, in our lifetimes and in not even just our lifetimes, um, has been like raped, has been mm. taken advantage of, has, uh, like even my own personal pussy has been sexually assaulted mm. and has, and there have been so many times where I've let my partners penetrate me where I wasn't ready or when like, I'm, I've already orgasmed and I'm done and like I don't really feel that much pleasure anymore because it's not really like for me but I want them to be able to come mm -hmm. and so I'm just letting them fuck me and like all of these different things 
and still my pussy is willing to give so much pleasure to me. Mm -hmm. The second that I tune back into her and I and I give her love and I and I like do something that's like a self-pleasure love ritual, oh my god, she expands back into so much pleasure. Even after years of never caring about her and always like thinking that my pussy is more for my partner's pleasure. Like that was most of my sexual life yeah. cycle. And then and then the second I started to actually work with her, she was like, "Oh my god, I'd love to give you pleasure. And I'm like, wow, like what other like piece of the body or like other like entity in this world is that strong mm -hmm. and that forgiving and yeah. that like loving in this way of like, I just want to continuously give pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I just feel I so grateful to have her. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, fuck, like think about like giving birth or even oh. like the yes. opposite of giving birth, like having an abortion, like what, mm -hmm. you know, women and their pussies go through is like, it's intense. It's pretty crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah. And then, yeah, I love how you call it her. Actually, my partner the other day was like, I missed her. Oh. And like came like on, <laughs> kissing my pussy. I'm like, no one's ever called it that. Yeah. Well, she is. She, to <laughs> me, like, you know, people talk about like, oh, there's like your your heart and your mind are always in, you know, a battle of like talking or that like they're leading. And I'm like, for me, it's like heart, mind, and pussy. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Like she has her own desires. She has her own um, needs, wants, and like mindset and when I follow pussy I live my most soul aligned life like a hundred percent she tells me what to do like when I am confused about what I need in my life or like what's the next right step like I ask pussy yeah. like pussy is my oracle let's be honest Fuck yeah <laughs> pussy oracle oh my god so like what so what happens like if you're like okay should I go to this festival or not mm -hmm. like what do you get wet like what happens mm, so um I mean sometimes it's a physical reaction sometimes it's it's more of like do I get turned on and yeah. it's not, and not uh -huh. that I have like the actual wetness sometimes okay. it does like uh -huh. sometimes I'll be like actually pretty drippy and I'm like oh wow all right that's you're yes. yeah that's like a full fuck yes I'm in like <laughs> ah um but that also kind of depends on like she'll respond more physically during my during my um follicular phase of my moon cycle which is the time that's right after oh, you bleed okay so because like that's also the time that you're more likely to be more wet mm -hmm. um there and like because you're leading up to ovulation so you're kind of in that like more flirty like yes like come hither come fuck me like i'm about to be ovulating and so your pussy's naturally more wet during that time mm -hmm. and so she'll respond with wetness during that kind during that time but when i'm in my luteal it usually won't respond with like wetness but it'll respond with more of and a luteal is before um is is right before your actual um period about to bleed yeah, yeah before you're about to bleed so yeah so like follicular so the way that the menstrual cycle works is that day one is actually the first day of your bleed okay so so the first day oh, of your bleed yeah is is day one um and then you and then that lasts for let's say like three to seven days yeah. for an average woman um and so and then you go into follicular phase and follicular is usually about like a week to a week and a half mm. um and so and like follicular phase is the time where like you are really open to new things. It's the time where you have a lot of energy because yes. during your during your period, um, during the bleed, all of your hormones are starting to rise again. 
it, they start to actually like be start pumping again. So by the time you're in like three, you know, day three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like you're now getting like pumped of all those hormones that like had completely been depleted. Uh-huh. And you're like, ooh, like I want to go do this. I want to record a podcast. I want to go to a festival. I want to yeah. play. Like I want everybody to see me. Um, you know, you get really flirty. Like you can think of the follicular phase okay, as yes. like springtime. Okay. It's kind of like all the flowers are starting to come out and you're starting to feel beautiful and you get kind of like, ooh, like who's that over there? And like, I want to try this new thing. And like, and you're really open to that. Okay. Um, the ovulation is only lasts for like, I mean, I call it like a four day period. Um, but really it's like basically two, like you, you ovulate for only like one ish full, like 24 hour period, but that you can also get pregnant for about four, um, days because the amount of time that sperm can live inside of the body and yeah, exactly. And so, and so you want to give it like a five day period, but I feel my actual ovulation, like in the sense of the energy of it mm-hmm. for about four to five days wow. um and what that is is that's like summer it's mm-hmm. you it's the heat it's the like I want to fuck and I want and like I want everybody to see me and I want to not necessarily in my fucking but like I want to be exposed <laughs> like you're probably posting more on Instagram during you're that time feeling yourself. you're feeling yourself yeah. you're feeling really there's so much energy to an extent where for some women and during sometimes even just throughout the year I find that like it's almost so much energy that I get a little anxious even yeah that like it almost like there's so much energy in my body that if I'm not fucking and I'm not orgasming and I'm not expressing the energy then I'll start to get a little anxious yeah um then so that lasts for about like four to five days and then comes your luteal and luteal can last anywhere from like seven to 14 days and luteal is actually the time that most people know is PMS okay because the thing is, is that your hormones keep dropping and dropping and dropping. And that's why you notice your skin start mm. to be less taut and mm. your pores are more showing and you're feeling more exhausted sensitive. and you're sensitive. And it's because you're not in your fullness. You don't have all of the hormones that you typically have. Okay. And so during this time is often a time where um, women will also feel a little bit less wet. Um, it may be a time that you're less horny because like basically your body's like, well, you didn't get pregnant and you can't get pregnant now. So like, fuck it. You know, like your body is great just like, area. yeah, great. Like who cares? You know, like, <laughs> and so you might feel a little bit less horny. Um, oftentimes like during my luteal is when I have a lot more like scheduled pleasure practices with my partner because I need a little bit more stimulation to turn myself on, Mm -hmm. to get excited about like having a sexual relationship because it's just not like as natural in that moment. Um, And yeah, and you become more emotional. And then you go into your period. And so, and that, and that's the bleed. And then this day that you start bleeding is the day that you start to, um, it like your hormones start to slowly come back. Oh yeah, I'm curious. I know, I wanna, Where are you I in think, your cycle? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm in follicular because yesterday I was like on one. I was like, fucking, I got everything and more like done on my to do list, which yeah. isn't like normal for me. Yeah. Um. So today is the fifteenth. It looks like my period came on the fifth, and I probably had it to maybe about the eighth. So okay. it's been. I mean, I don't know what I'm in. Oh yeah, you're in follicular then. You're in follicular potentially ovulation. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then when I started to learn about cycles, I actually learned a really cool thing from Natalia Benson about like 
you know, you have all the, the phases that you just talked about, but mm-hmm. she broke it down into astrology, mm. which I live for. Yeah. And so the, there's two weeks where it's your Venetian. So mm. it's the Venus. It's That's when you have your period. That's yeah. your PMS. That's like you're you're slowing down. You're maybe not putting out enough, you know, a, a lot of work at that time. You're mm-hmm. doing more self-care. And the way that she like described the visual of Venetian is like, I'm going to stop working and I'm going to like have an herbal cigarette and like mm-hmm. maybe some weed and like chill and yep. like not do work Yeah. versus the other two weeks, which is Mars, mm-hmm. which Mars is your driving force. It's like act taking action, how you get shit done. It's also your sex drive. So yep. that makes sense with the follicular of how you're just, yep. it's like, it's more masculine. It's masculine feminine. It's like, yeah. It's so cool and exactly. interesting, and I love when it's broken up into, like, the Mars-Venus aspect because it's, like, okay, two weeks I'm more, like, sensitive, and then, yeah. like, the other two weeks I'm maybe more masculine and, like, more, what's the word, just, like, motivated and mm-hmm. inspired and, like, want to get shit done and feeling good versus when my cycle's about to come and I'm just, like, just give me the food and, like, put me in bed yeah. and, like, let me just take a bath. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and even if you tie it, so I I really like thinking about um, these phases also tied to the elements. So follicular yeah. is air, and ovulation is fire, which are both oh, masculine. And then water is, is, and then luteal is water, which is also fall. Okay. Um, and then um, your bleed, which is earth. is earth, which is all, and so water and earth are the two more like feminine, feminine qualities, and so it, it follows exactly what she was just sharing yeah. of like how it is and it, you can even think of it as like introverted and extroverted totally. like you're extroverted for during the first two weeks you're more introverted during the second and mm-hmm. like and like I literally don't plan yeah like things for like my luteal phase like yeah. that's why I hit you up and I'm like hey I'm ready to record the podcast is because cool. I'm in my follicular phase okay. and I'm new and I was like if we if I don't do it this week then yeah. like I'm gonna enter into my luteal and we're gonna have to wait another Sensitive. like three weeks basically yeah. yeah that like well just like I'm way more likely to wake up in the morning and be like but I am tired and like I don't want to do anything cramps. yeah and- I don't exactly or or like I just don't feel like talking to anybody and I I just want to cuddle my puppy and be home and like you know do my own personal work Mm -hmm. that's what usually when I'm doing like a lot of the behind the scenes work while like during my my follicular and ovulation I'm I'm out in the public and I'm like showing myself off Mm -hmm. that's so interesting I when I first started the podcast like the first episode I was like okay I just want to get through my moon like get through my period and then I'll do it yeah and I did yeah so exactly. That, that's interesting that like I naturally was like, all right, let me bleed first and then I'll be ready. Yeah. And I, I like, I literally guide my clients into, um, if you want to try something new sexually with your partner, or if your partner's like really wanting to try something new and you're like a little bit weird about it, wait till your follicular phase, like okay. have the conversation of like, cause that's the time that you're more open to new experiences. It's the time that you feel confident, confident, exactly. Yeah. And that you're more full of your, your, like your actual hormonal energy, which makes you just feel more alive in general. Mm. Um, it's, it's really fun to to track these aspects and like I know on day 21 which I'm in my luteal by then like I cry every day 21 and like sometimes or like maybe like six months out of the year like day 23 too 
And like, it just always happens. And so I'm like, okay, day 21, day 23, like I really don't plan anything. I let myself have, or I like say to the people that I'm like going to hang out with or whatever, because sometimes I have to do shit. Yeah. And I like, I tell them, I'm like, I'm in my like most depleted days. And so like, please don't expect a ton out of me. Yeah. And I'm lucky I have the kind of job that I can really tailor to all of this. And totally. so like, um, you know, like I just highly suggest like if you're, if, if you can like start to tailor your life just a little bit around. I'm like writing it in my notes right now. Yeah. So that was luteal when I have my bleed and then No, no, no. Luteal oh. is um before your bleed. Oh, so shit. that's okay. just called bleed. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. So that just is your bleed. Your so luteal, luteal is like over here. Yeah. Before. Exactly. It's like the two week it's right after your ovulation. It's like kind of like the week and a half to two weeks. Um yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then the follicular is what I'm in now. Exactly. So if my moon ended on the seventh or eighth, mm-hmm. and to, so it goes for like a week or two. Goes goes for about a week. Okay. Um, usually it's like a week, maybe ten days. Yeah. It, it, it really depends on every woman and their body. Like, um, I have about a twenty-seven day cycle. Okay. Um, so like for women who have, let's say, a twenty-two or twenty-three day cycle, you know, like they don't even have a full two weeks for each of the different stages. Like they, they, like they only have that, that's only three weeks, you know, that they're like, that they keep shifting their cycle around. Do you know how long your cycle is? How do you know how long your cycle is from the first day you bleed and then you count? From the first day of your bleed until the next, next first day of your bleed. Day. So can we do it from the month before this? Yeah. It's interesting. I think I'm actually getting onto the full moon cycle. Mm. I've been a new moon cycle forever and then mm-hmm. I kind of was like in between and now it seems like every cycle it's like coming a couple days earlier and getting closer to the full moon. Because like look, it came on the 5th and we just had the full moon. Oh, here. So I'm only like three days away from the full moon. Mm. So the next cycle, I think I probably will bleed on or the day after. Yep. So, okay. So the fifth was when I had it this month. And then August. Let's see if I. Oh, yeah. I got it on Lionsgate on the eighth. So eighth to the fifth. Okay. How many days are in August? Is it 31 or 30? I think it's 31. Or maybe it's only 30. Only 30? Maybe it is only 30. Okay. So if yeah, it's only 30. Okay, so if it's only 30 and the 8th to the 5th, that's only three days different. So yeah. you have a 27-day cycle. Okay. For this one. And, like, yeah. it, it might fluctuate a little bit. I'm pretty stable at this point on the 27 days. But so you'll have – and you only bleed for, like, three or four days? Yeah, like five max. Okay. And it's, like, brown at the end. It's, like, just kind of, like, leftover. Yeah. So you'll probably have like more around like a 10 day follicular or like a, like nine day mm. follicular and then you'll ovulate for like, you know, the day or two. Um, and then your luteal is probably also closer to like almost two weeks as well. Okay. So because you are closer to that 30 day, so you have like the full, cause 28 days would be four weeks total. So like, because you're, you're closer to that, like 28, that means that your whole cycle does actually take like a full four yeah, weeks. A full four weeks. Exactly. Yeah. I do just love like splitting it up like the, the phases. And for me, I don't know, my brain just works with astrology. So it's like yeah. two weeks Venetian, like it's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. If you're not getting stuff done during this time, like 
just, you know, nurture yourself and then get ready to like get work done the two weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. And I find that the more that you nurture yourself during, especially the luteal phase, the easier your actual period is going to be. Mm, And also it almost like sets you up for the next even follicular phase. Because if you're, if your period goes really easy and smoother, there's less cramps, there's less Mm -hmm. um, emotional processing because you are so kind and taking care of yourself in the luteal phase, then that sets you up for like a really awesome follicular phase where you're going to take off and like have a a lot of like creation and a lot of like energy for the things that you want to get done because you took care of yourself like set it up yeah exactly Mm. so I always highly suggest like lots of self-love and self-care during luteal that's like the time that you want to be like pre-bleed exactly okay exactly like I literally tell my partner or he also tells me sometimes he's like baby you're in luteal like I'm gonna just bring soup home oh God, like so you don't cute. have to cook and I'm like thank you like yes. he knows that that's I when like all of that. those things are super special to me because oh. I'm I don't have that kind of energy to manage the things that I typically mm-hmm. do I actually when I met my new partner I had my moon I was like on the end of my moon so we didn't hook up for a little bit and like he like remembered that and so I was like the next month I'm like oh I wonder I'm my, my period he's like well didn't you have it on like the 11th of, like oh, <laughs> that's adorable I know yeah it's really cute yeah I actually have a calendar that I this year I've now implemented where I have my moon written now on on the calendar so it's like a specific one where I draw like a big red dot and, mm-hmm. and then um I also track my temperature too on there but cool. so that way my and it sits in our bathroom and mm. it's specifically so that my partner can know also like when I'm closer to um my my ovulation yeah because he if he knows and like we both know then we know like that's the time that we have to be the most careful yeah I'm not on birth control right. I, like I track my period and that's how we do it mm-hmm. but it's like during that time of ovulation like it's not fair for me to be the only one that has to worry about it I'm at yeah. that moment my body's like I want to make babies like yeah. I make rash decisions during totally. that time like totally. or like irrational decisions yeah, like yeah. I'm like oh put it in me and like I literally like I'm just calling just yeah, me too exactly. yeah like that's how I feel <laughs> I I'm like I just want your calm like know. oh it's so intense <laughs> but yeah speaking about like our bodies I actually had a question pop through through my dms for this podcast and someone asked how can we connect and listen to our body more Mm, yeah I feel like maybe in general but also I would like to connect this to sex too yeah yeah well and for me there's a way in which um, as I spoke of before, like connecting to my body is often connecting to my pussy. Mm-hmm. And so I've started to, um, to, to be able to listen to my body. Well, okay. So I guess the way to answer the question is like, first of all, like exactly all of the things that we just talked about yeah. is a great way to start connecting to your body. Know about your body. Mm-hmm. learn about it like the, like base like learning the basic things about like your estrogen and testosterone and how they play a role and progesterone and how they play a role inside of your body those are the three main hormones like um whenever i 
Like even I, I'm like massaging my partner's body the other night and I all of a sudden had a realization of like, what is a knot? And so I Googled <laughs> like, what does a knot look like inside yeah. of the body? You know, like what am I doing? Because the more that I know about the body, the more that I can connect to it and understand like how to be with it. So um, following your cycle, mm -hmm. learning the rhythms of your natural body rather than working against them helps you to connect to it so much more. And flow and flow and flow with your life so much more. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the other thing is, is literally just listening to the sensations of your body. And what I mean by that is um, like one of the very first homework practices that I always give my clients, or usually it's the very first one that I do, is I ask them to lay on the bed and to um, breathe, just follow their breath a little bit. So like listening to their breath and like allowing their thoughts to kind of clear away a little bit. And even if you do have thoughts, that's okay. But feeling what sensation do I feel now? And so like right now I'm going to tune in and do it. And if you could as well, okay. maybe, um, breathing into your body. So everyone listening, let's do, yeah, together. let's do this together. Yeah. And so breathing into your body, noticing how you can feel your breath, either at the tip of your nose, you can literally feel the air moving in and out. Maybe you feel your chest rising and falling a little bit as you're breathing, Noticing where you feel your breath. And then next, I want you to scan your body just lightly and feeling if there's any other sensation that you can feel. So we've been sitting on the bed for a while and on my right foot, I can kind of feel almost like a numbness, like mm -hmm. I've been sitting on it for too long. And what I'd like you to do at home is to feel for that sensation. And I'd like you to name what you feel and where the sensation is, just stating it out loud. So it could be um, like, I feel a tingling in my hip. Emily, do you have anything that you feel right now? Um, I was just feeling kind of like tightness in my rib cage. Just like I hold my breath a lot. I don't mm -hmm. really breathe very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think in there. So tightness in your rib cage. Mm -hmm. And now that you've said it, you can keep following your breath and noticing if you feel a sensation anywhere else. Well, I know I'm hungry, so my tummy is like hungry, but yeah. Yeah. So you're feeling like maybe like um like maybe a contraction or like an mm -hmm. openness or something like that. Maybe more like contraction, contraction in the rib and stomach because I'm like hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if there's anywhere on your body that you're feeling a sensation of like hot or cold. Mm, not really, but my feet are always cold. Yeah. So, so, so you're feeling like a, a coldness in, in your feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so these are the kinds of ways that I tend to ask people to start to connect to their body. And specifically when it comes to pussy, um, what I'll do is I'll do this, but for five minutes, only feel into the sensations of what I feel inside of my pelvis. Mm. And when you breathe and you focus into that area, you tend to start to feel a little bit more. And so I'd like for you to now breathe into your womb, into your clitoris, into your cervix, into your pussy, and noticing if you feel any kind of sensation there. Just kind of like waking up, like activating maybe mm -hmm. a little bit of tingles. And where are you feeling like that activation or those tingles specifically? 
in the like womb area. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I breathe into my pussy, one of the first places that I feel it is almost like a tingling on like the the tip of my outer lips. And like it's it it just starts to feel like almost like it's a little bit of a sensation that starts to happen. So tingling, contraction, expansion, um, cool, warm, rushing, bubbling, mm-hmm. um, uh, tension, a knot. Like these are all of the different kinds of sensations that our body gives us, and that single si- signals. Yeah, signals yeah. exactly. Signals. And so the way that we connect to it is by listening to it. And so even doing this practice for like a minute to five minutes in it in the morning time or in the evening time helps you to connect more to your body because now you're learning how to tune into its natural signals. Mm, awesome. Oftentimes we'll feel like um, a little bit of anxiousness inside of our body before mm-hmm. we even know that it's in our mind. But most people don't realize that. Most people only notice that we're feeling anxious once our like mind is like running and racing. Yep. But oftentimes if you really get in tune with your body and this is what I find for myself, is that like I start to feel a little bit of like a fluttering inside of my solar plexus, mm-hmm. like even like a couple minutes anxious. before I notice that it's it's affecting my mind. Yeah. And I know at that point, I'm almost like, ooh, like I'm feeling a fluttering in my in my solar plexus. Like I may not trust the next couple thoughts that come up because I know that they're coming through the anxious lens. Mm. And and so and I don't want to trust the anxious lens. I want to mm. trust the like more confident, full body lens. And so when I start to have those thoughts and, and they usually do come, I'm able to say like, oh, thank you, anxiousness, for sharing this with me. But I'm not going to make any action based off of what you're saying to me because I felt it first in my body that I was going to get anxious mm-hmm. and that like I don't need to respond to that anxiousness and like and create action from that if that all makes sense (laughs) yeah um I do want to touch base how can you breathe into your pussy how can you describe Mm. that because I actually have heard that before and I'm like well how do you do that yeah yeah absolutely so um the way that I like to begin breathing into the pussy is to first begin by breathing deep into the belly and you want to feel your belly actually expand like like seeing it move and so when you're bringing your breath into your belly you can start to almost feel how like it's it's at least like touching your womb a little bit like your womb space is starting to expand and then what i do is i bring in sound mm. because the thing is is that there's a vagus nerve that connects that goes all the way from like basically like your cervix all the way up to your uh, all the way up to your head Mm. And so your vagus nerve travels like all the way through there. It's your vagus nerve, right? It's your vagus nerve, exactly. And your vagus nerve has sensation that can pass through it. And so when you breathe, and then you make a sound, and you focus on your pussy at the same time that you're making that sound, Do you feel how you almost can bring more sensation into your pussy? Mm-hmm. Like, and so if you practice that over and over again, like I can turn myself on simply by just breathing in that way and bringing the sound down into my pussy. And when I'm imagining that, I'm also imagining that the air is breathing in there. Yeah, I actually was listening to a podcast. They're like, let's breathe into our assholes. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> 
Yeah. So I'm pretty much like the same vibe. Oftentimes yeah. it's like the mostly it's like visualization is the yeah, reality that's kind of, of what it. I thought too was yeah. visualizing the breath going to that part exactly of your body. because when we focus on that area and we're pairing that focus with breath, energy is gonna flow there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as a witch, like energy flows where your presence goes, yeah. like, or, you know, and so that's what it is. You are bringing your presence to that specific area and then you're breathing into it. But I like bringing the sound mm-hmm. into it because it helps to literally vibrate the areas that are in my lower region that I want to be able to feel more sensation with. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad we got to touch base on that question. Yeah. I appreciate um that too, because I hadn't actually thought of like how to describe how to breathe into your pussy. I always say it too. And I forget that it's yeah. not like a natural thing for right. somebody else. Um, and then I think just going back to the question from my follower about how to connect to your body more, something I like to do is, I mean, obviously breath work, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes is not your vibe. Like I'm, I'm Absolutely. really not good at breathing, which clearly I need to do more of that. But something I like to do is called EFT tapping, mm. um, emotional freedom technique where you tap on meridian points in the body to free up energy and space. And it, it's not like meditating where you're just still and breathing. It's actually, you're following along maybe with a video and saying affirmations out loud, pressing on specific meridian points, which kind of can bring you back to the present moment and feel your body. Um, And for me, it really helps with my nervous system and anxiety. Um, And then also just like getting back in your body. My favorite way besides tapping is just dancing, Mm -hmm. just like listening to music and like moving your body, like getting sexy, watching yourself move in a mirror, um, that kind of thing. I really Absolutely. like getting into my body with movement. That's why I really like the EFT because it's not just like meditating and sitting still. You're actually doing an action on your body and pressing on like these points. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to come out with a podcast eventually or an episode about tapping. And I, I want to actually do a, um, like a guided tapping on one of my podcasts. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to turn into that one. Yeah. That, sure. was, that was an idea I had recently. So yeah. we'll definitely get into that. Absolutely. And I so appreciate you for bringing up the aspect of movement too, mm-hmm. because um, within even this, this specific kind that um, I'm talking about the felt sense meditation, like I tend to let it get really feminine. So for mm-hmm. me, the masculine way of meditating is that stillness. Yeah. It is just sitting still. But the way that I do, is actually like I'm moving. I'm I'm breathing and I'm letting my body move the way that it wants to. So like mm. I feel that sensation, that numbness in my foot. Like okay, so I'm gonna like move my foot a little bit. Now how does it feel? And like mm. or like I'm feeling a little bit of tension in my back. Like so I'm gonna start to move with it and I'm gonna make sound and I'm gonna bring it into this whole experience where now I'm feeling my sensations at, at the same time I'm co-creating them. And and because I'm moving and because I'm creating this like full-bodied experience with my sound, with my movement, and with my breath. In meditation. In meditation. Because, like, I'm not I'm, – I, like – I'm down for mindfulness meditation. I think yeah. that it has so many benefits, but honestly, I've only been able to get into mindfulness meditation after doing all of this more feminine, flowy mm. type of meditation, which is dance, which yeah. is 
like just letting your body flow and move and breathing at the same time and, and making sound because that's like the more chaos. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just like, I am a naturally more feminine woman. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, there's feminine and masculine in both. So people, so just to make sure that I, I say that in all genders, there are these energies, um, and, and to allow myself to be in that feminine flow is what connects me to my body specifically. So I invite you if like Emily, um, mm -hmm. you don't do meditation very well, yeah. but you want to get into more of your body, like do these movements, the way that you're talking EFT tapping, mm -hmm. or just even simply like breathing and letting your hips start to like spiral mm -hmm. or rocking back and Hip forth circles, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is and allowing it to be organic. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Any way to spice up meditating. Exactly. <laughs> For me. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh, well, this has been so amazing. I agree. Um, do you want to give a little plug? Where can the listeners find you? What are you up to next? I know you yeah. have like an exciting retreat yeah. coming up that I'm actually part of. Yes. And this will actually be the first introduction um, that I'm sharing out loud of, of this Ooh, retreat because oh we're, we're about to like um, put all the material out in the next couple weeks. But um, in November, the I believe it's November 7th and 8th, it's Saturday and Sunday, um, we will be having a virtual online retreat um, and it's called Ignite Your Feminine Essence. Okay. And so what it's going to be is each of the facilitators are going to um, have a specific kind of feminine archetype that they're going to embody and share within their particular medicine. Mm. And so, you know, for you, you'll be doing some EFT tapping. Yeah. We have a yoga teacher. We have somebody who's going to be doing um, like an acrylic painting class. So um, cool. We have me with my sensuality work. We have sound healing. We have breath work. We have um, embodiment, like archetypal, potentially even like mask making. Um, cool. We have like a movement teachers that are going to be doing dance and, and so it'll be two days stacked um, full of, of lots of different facilitators and it'll be guiding you through um, the different like kind of like arc or flow like of, of the archetypes of the feminine. Mm. So in a way, sort of going from the, the maiden to the mother to the crone, okay. but within it is also the femme fatale, the flirty fairy, slut. the slut, the whore, the dominatrix. <laughs> yes, okay. Exactly. The tantrika, the Fuck like yeah. all of the different. And so we're going to go through on um, the, yeah, exactly. The Kali, the destructive yes. energy. Um, you know, I find that like awesome. maiden mother crone doesn't hit all of it, but yeah. like, it is the typical arc and within that arc comes all of these things for me it's like the maiden then leads into the slut like yeah. you know like you're 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 the maiden you're innocent you're virginal you're the prude and then all of a sudden you start to explore your sexuality and your sensuality and then you become the slut the tantrika the dominatrix and then you become like the mother and you start to really nurture and nourish and from the mother comes this confidence of i don't give a fuck and then comes the wild woman and the kali energy of i will burn it it all down because I will destroy anything because I not I've now claimed all these pieces of myself. You know, how older women are just like fuck you. I must say whatever the fuck yeah, I want. Like totally. you know, like that kind of energy. And then coming into the crone, the nourisher, the wise woman, the mm -hmm. medicine woman that cool. has all this medicine that she's going to give to the lineage of all the other people below her. That cycle of re of birth and death and like and honoring all of it. So I'm so excited. Oh um, 
Um, more information will be coming out. I highly suggest you either follow my Instagram, which is Pleasure Initiatrix. Um, I'm sure Emily will plug it um, mm -hmm. in, in the, the show notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my website is also pleasureinitiatrix.com. That's where we'll be selling the tickets to the specific um, retreat. Cool. Um, and yeah, just keep, keep stay updated with all of that. It's going to be really incredible. Yay. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to follow Pleasure Initiatrix. Um, for more of this yummy self-love, sex coaching. Absolutely. Goody treats. Oh, and if you want the wands, speaking of oh, yeah, treats, the, wands. the glass wands are also gonna or are, are also on my website. So yeah, for de-armoring yeah. what we were talking about before. So exactly. Yay, yeah, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It has been such my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, well, we look forward to tuning in to all the upcoming sex goodies with you mm -hmm. and i'd love to have you back on the podcast Thanks. eventually and talk yeah. about more stuff and absolutely yay. yeah girl thanks for listening <laughs> thank you for being here <laughs> and that is a wrap for episode four of conscious Lip podcast what did you think did you learn something did you get inspired let me know. Leave a review. Five stars, please. And also, I I just want to say um, thank you to all of the listeners tuning in. It's only been about a month and we have had over 300 plays. So amazing. Also, um, shout out to everyone who's following uh, the Instagram conscious slut. I love you. I see you. I really am grateful for this new sexual activism community that I am being a part of and slowly growing. Um, I'm not really counting my follower count up until the rebrand of conscious slut, which actually happened on July 10th, if you really want to know. And from then to now, um, we have reached, uh, doo, doo, doo. we've gotten almost 500 followers literally in two months. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's really amazing to see the account grow and um, especially when censorship is just becoming outrageous. Um, I've been flagged hella in the last month and I'm actually... I gotta be a good little slut and I guess censor my shit more because I just really want to grow this account to be something and I really want to help people become more sexually liberated and a way that I love doing that is finding sexy art um, that's all inclusive of all genders and and everything so thank you so much for following me and sharing the content, I see you, I appreciate you, and I'm really, really grateful, and I'm so excited to see where this is going to be, um, you know, headed. I have a lot of plans for the website and some slutty merch, but I'm not going to jump the gun, and, you know, I'm going to take my time building that, so... Thank you, thank you, thank you, sluts. I fucking love you. Um, stay tuned for 
the next episode. I don't know. I I always say I don't really know what I'm doing next. Um, I might do a solo episode next week or I um, might have a guest come on. Um, It really depends. So again, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and this really important sexual liberation movement that is happening so i love you babes stay conscious and slutty see you soon